0: y'all. Okay. Amen. So Father God, we just thank you this morning, Father God, as we gather Father God to To worship in your name, Father God, and hear the message from the pastor, Father God, that we know, Father God, we won't leave here as we came, Father God. So, Father God, we just thank you for each and every one here now and ones that we listen later, Father God. We just thank you for them on this rainy day, Father God. We do pray, Father God, for more to attend, Father God. We don't know where the rest of our members are right now, but you know where they are, Father God. So we ask, Father God, that they be touched and they join us, Father God. So we're just going to give you thanks this morning. We're going to give you praise. We're going to give you honor and we give you glory, Father God. All the praise, honor, and glory belongs to you, Father God. And we just thank you, Lord. We just thank you this morning. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray and everyone say amen. 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 Amen.
1: I'm alive. How we honor you in this place. How we glorify you for your provisions. For being our keeper and our sustainer. There's nobody like you in all the earth. Oh Lord, how Lord, how excellent is that name. In all the earth. We can't lie, Lord, it's, it's it's been it's been trying the past two and a half years. Some of us had to say goodbye to a lot of people. Funerals we couldn't attend, hospitals we couldn't visit. But we thank you, Lord, that you've kept us and you sustained us and you kept us alive for a reason. So. So move today by your might, by your power, by your spirit. Thank you for your keeping power. Keep us where we could keep ourselves. Speak in Jesus' name. Get the glory. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. Feel no waste time.
2: Come too far.
1: I didn't remember that one. He's been good to me. <laughs> oh, yes, he has. I just sang that in 1999 on Hill Street. Sing, God has. Come on. Smile on me. 25 years later, still singing. You set me free. Set me free. Still singing the same song. My, my. I'm singing God smile on me, he's <laughs> been good to me, oh yes he has I can sing this over on Hill Street, amazing grace, how sweet the sound, the sea of wretch like me, anybody can say that with me? I once was lost. But now I'm found. Everybody remember? Was blind, but now I see. Help me, help me, say it, y'all. God, smile on me. Anybody remember that one? He has set me free. Oh, have mercy. As I look back over my life, I can testify that God smiled. Smiled me. He's been good to me. That was my song. Oh, yes, he has. Here's the verse. Here's the verse I want to ask you all of course, listen. Have we all had nights? We toss and turn all night long. Oh, we cried tears, we cried tears sometimes because we didn't have peace of mind. Y'all remember that one? And when Satan whispered and told you, "Shy the Lord, forgot you," know what happened? In House of Hope, the Lord is stepping, the Lord is stepping, only step stepping right on time, yeah. I set me free, and I give him glory this morning. I give him honor this morning. As I look back on my life, I can testify that God, God smile, smile, smile me, and he's been good to me. He's been good to me.
2: Come on, y'all, he's been good to me. Praise the Lord. Well, there was a sermon right there because the, the words of those songs helped us to remember that we can't do anything without God, but so we can do all things through Him, uh, uh, and so we have to always remember that because sometimes we get it in our head that we can do it ourselves when Dijon was a little boy, that's uh, my niece's brother. When he was a little boy, he had an elbow. I don't know how many of y'all know about elbow. But anyway, this elbow he had, had his clothes on backwards, his shoes on the wrong foot. And the the, the theme for that uh, story about Elmo was, he could do it himself. And of course, when you looked at how he was dressed, you know he couldn't do it himself. because everything was backwards. And so we just really need to understand that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, but we can't do anything uh, by ourselves. We've been trying to do that for years, and it didn't work. And so we have to really know that we have to depend on God. God is our source of strength. He is our source of supply. He meets all our needs, and we need to understand that without him, we can't do the So I'm going to be talking to you this morning about uh, the trials that stop our faith. That was not originally what God spoke to me about, but <laughs> the change of plans came, and I'm going to follow it because we all have trials, and we don't want to have trials, and we don't like trials, and we try to avoid trials, but they do come, and we need to understand what to do if they come. So, we're going to take a look at 1 Peter 1, verses 3 through 7. 1 Peter 1, that's where we're going in the scripture. And we're going to look at verses 1 through 7. So I'll give you a chance, if you want to, to find that. Otherwise, write it down and you can, uh, you can look it up later on. So in this book of First Peter, we're going to be talking about how our trials can start our faith. And So this letter, of course, was written from Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. And uh, he says, I am writing to God's chosen people who are living as foreigners in the province of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Phrygia. God the Father knew you and chose you all of those and his spirit made you holy. As a result, you have obeyed him and have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. May God give you more and more grace and peace. And uh, verse three says, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born Because God raised Jesus from the dead now we live with great expectation when we have Christ's inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. Verse 5, and through your faith, God is protecting you by his power until you receive this sal- salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. Verse six, so be truly glad. There is a wonderful joy, ahead, even though you have to endure many trials for a little while. These trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. So when your faith remains strong enough, through any trial, it will bring much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed. And we're going to stop right there. So what we're talking about is your trials will sharpen your faith. And so as we looked at that scripture, uh, we will talk about that. God has selected you for a choice work. But before he can use you, he must toughen you. Uh, he must toughen uh, the brain of your life. He does this by allowing you to go through difficulties, so that your faith can be tested and purified. While the process may be may not be enjoyable, the passage of scripture. I'm sorry, my glasses aren't working here this morning. But the passage of scripture gives us four insights into what we should remember during the testing of our faith, so that our faith will be stronger in the end. So, in order for us to be tough enough to stand the trials that we're we going to be able to, we're going to have to face we have got to be toughened up. And so some of what goes on in the trials will help us to toughen up. And so that's the purpose of us uh, uh, having to go through these things is it causes us to have faith. You can't have faith if you're not tough. You can't walk by faith if you're not tough. So some of us are tougher than others, but we all have to know That God will sharpen our faith by causing us to go through these trials. That's what happens. So number one in this test day is remember who you are. So that's in verse three of that scripture. Remember who you are. And then you have to remember what God has promised you. That's in verse four. God has promised you the priceless gift of eternal life. And then, number three, we have to remember who will see you through. God will protect you until you reach your final destination, which is heaven. We have to understand, I'm sorry, I'll skip one. Remember what God has promised. God has promised you the priceless gift of eternal life. So that's the problem that we're going to have eternal life, and we're going to spend eternity with God in heaven. So again, number three is, remember who will see you. Do. God will protect you until you reach your final destination, which is heaven. And you see that in verse 5 and 6. You see, God is the one that has promised us that you will receive uh, the gift of eternal life, and God is the one that will pre- protect you until you reach that final destination of heaven. And then number four, remember why God lets you go through the trials. God wants, uh, the, wants to test the genuineness of your faith so that your life will result in praise and glory. And turn. So you can see that in verse 7. You see, there's a purpose for everything that goes on with us. Those of us that call ourselves the children of God, we have to understand that without him, we can do nothing. But we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And then we have to remember that Jesus came to this earth and that he suffered and died so that we could have life and have it more abundantly. And then, we talked about eternity. You see, if you expect to get to heaven, then you got to hang in there and boot up and go through the trials and know that God is with you and know that he is going to protect you and know that he will provide for you. Because some of the tests that we experience is a lack of finances, uh, sickness in our body. Uh, trouble, just T-R-O-U T-L-E, big time and some of us have gone through a lot of people who knew Jesus Christ and that was the reason we ended up going through so much is because we didn't know it but you see one of the things that people get mixed up about is they think that once you get saved you won't have any more trouble, well excuse me That is not the case. I'm sorry to disappoint you. You will continue to have trouble because this world is sinful. And now that you're saved, you're trying to live a safe life and the world is going uh, up down river and you trying to go up river. And so there's always going to be some difficulties because there's a fallen angel who now is the ruler of hell, and his name is Satan. And he is not wanting to give you up. Uh, he thought he asked you for sure. He thought that he was going to continue to cause you to be a, a, a person of ill-repeat. But now you've changed, and you, you accepted Jesus Christ, and you're trying to live for him. And Satan is angry because he's lost one of his, uh, uh, his crew and now he talked about Jesus. Well, he don't want to hear nothing about Jesus because he knows that Jesus is a part of the family of God and he has no power against him. So he's wanting you to stay where you are. So you got to remember that you have to know that the trials will come. And the trials are coming because your are sharpening of faith. It's not because uh, it's of no purpose. There is a purpose with this because you have to develop your faith. So, Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you that there are anointed ears that you hear and hearts open to receive. And we asked that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart would be acceptable in His sight. So we have to remember who we are. We have to remember whose we are. I'll go back over that again. That's in verse 3 of that uh, 1 Peter 1, chapter 1, 3 through 7. You have to remember whose you are, and you are God's child. You have to remember that you're God's child. And then you have to remember what God has promised you. And of course, we know that God has promised us uh, that he will give us the priceless gift of eternal life. Now, there are many promises in the scriptures, and we need to study the Word so we can know what those promises are. But the main promise is that we will have eternal life, that those of us that are saved are having entitled to eternal life but we have to stay with god in order for that to come about so we have to know that we can't allow satan to drag us off into all kinds of stuff that we used to do there was a old blues song now y'all are too young to remember this it was by a guy named I think it was ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going way back. Uh, and the part, the song was called The things I used to do, I don't do no More, boy. It was really down home blues. Well, we can sing that song, and it was another tune. But the things we used to do, we shouldn't be doing anymore if we saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. So I just had to bring that in there. But we need to remember why God lets us go through trials. And that, like I said, that if we don't go through anything, we become complacent, we become comfortable. And so I know some folks seem to be leaving this morning, but you need to hear this. You really do need to hear it. We all need to hear it all the time. So remember why God lets you go through these shocks, And he just wants to test your genuineness of faith so that your life will result in praise and glory when Jesus returns. And, you know, it is really a great, it's great, 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 great to spend time on the spiritual mountaintop. We can stay there forever, more often than not, at the bottom of that mountain lies cold, hard reality. Yet, fruit grows best in the balance. So the hard times of life, when you're not on the mountaintop, uh, will develop your character. You see, we need to have our character developed, uh, it takes place when so we take what we have learned on the mountaintop and put it into practice in the valley. And uh, I had a professor at Raymond, and he said that we complain about it, but the ground is fertile in the valley. You can grow in the valley because it's fertile ground. And we need to grow, we don't need to stay the same because we came. And we came uh, uh, to Jesus, That old hymn says, I came to Jesus as I was, weary, worn and sad. And so we come to Jesus a mess is what that song is saying. And we need to improve. So we need to grow. We need to uh, become mature. God needs us to become mature so that uh, we can be, Use to help somebody, but you can't. Uh, you can't be mature if you don't work Praise the Lord. Good morning. I'm seeing somebody's picture here. Praise the Lord. And uh so, <laughs> <laughs> so
0: my sister.
2: Hey, y'all doing?
0: All right. That's my sister <laughs> Rose.
2: <laughs> all right. All right. I did know who it was. <laughs> so we have to uh we have to grow, y'all. That's what I'm trying to get you to see. We don't need to stay the same. You know, when of that at I uh already had one class, The Life of Christ, with the Dean, Dean Moffat. And I you read my book, I think I talked about Dean Moffat in my book, that I was terrified of that man when I first got uh to Oklahoma. And I was an adult woman going to Bible college in my 40s. I was not a little child. But this man, uh, he was a Caucasian man. And when he talked, his eyes closed. And so he gave us some rules that we were to follow while we were students at Ramah. And so he began to talk about things that you could do and things that you couldn't do. Now we're grown ups now, I'm a grown up, but this man was standing up there telling us all that stuff. And, and when he would look, he was talking. his eyes would close up to slits. And he said, I don't want no face steps to look me. I don't know what face steps are. That means you wait to check with cap get capital mind." He said, I want you to pray the tuition all time as you go on the surface. Day of the month, but nigga, it was the first day of the month, and we give you five days to pay it, but I don't want no fake checks. And if a face, you write a fake check, uh, I'm gonna send for it. i are gonna have to see me. Oh my god, and on and on and on. And so I was just intimidated by it. So, what we need to know is that we need to allow ourselves uh, to. to, to these trials to help us. We need to know that these trials are here to help us and that Jesus came and we might have life and we might have it more abundantly. So what we do now is going to help us grow. What we experience now is going to help us grow. And so we have to have the courage to walk in faith. So trials help us to comfort others. And you can read Second Corinthians 1 through 7. I'm not going to read it right now, but you can read that. And the Apostle Paul penned these words from personal experience. He had seen his share of suffering over the years. So, you know, the story of Apostle Paul, you know, he was on his way to um, uh, kill some Christians. or put some Christians in jail and he met Jesus Christ on the road to Damascus. And when he met Jesus, of course, the light of God was so bright that it blinded him, but he surrendered himself uh, to Jesus Christ. He surrendered and accepted Christ right there on the road uh, to Damascus, and so he had to be led into the city. The directions were for him to go to a man's house named Ananias, and then when he got to Ananias' house, uh, the scripture says that the blindness in his eyes fell like scales from his eyes, and he could see again. But by that time, he was committed that he would no longer serve the purpose that he was serving before to put Christians in jail, but that he would become a a voice, a mouthpiece for God. And that's what he did. And when he did that, all of the folks that liked him didn't like him anymore. He had to get some new friends. He had to get to be friendly with Jesus' disciples. And they at first were a little skeptical of him, Because he had been such a mean guy. And now you're telling me that you love Jesus and you want us to be your friends. He was having, they were having a little trouble with that. So anyway, he suffered. Paul, if you read, follow the scriptures and read about the Apostle Paul, he suffered. He went to prison. He was treated badly. But he ended up being used to read, to write most of the New Testament. So the Apostle Paul penned these words from personal experience. He had seen his share of suffering over the years, particularly uh, uh, for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He was thrown into prison more than once. But he continued to praise God and share his faith in Christ. He was shipwrecked, abandoned by former friends, pelted by stones, left for dead. His faith, however, remained firm. Why? Because he learned to draw his comfort from the Lord. This then enabled him to be a greater source of comfort to those around him. You see, one of the things about us is when we're going through we think nobody understands about how bad it is to go through, you know. Nobody understands that I'm <laughs> just standing in faith believing God for my healing, believing in God for my finances, believing in God for my children to get saved, believing in God for whatever else the needs are, and you know the enemy One of the places that he still has the ability to hurt us is in our finances. Now, y'all hear me about this. In our finances, because money is a part of the world system. It's still a part of the world system. But God uh, provides for us. We have to know that God is the one that provides for us. And the thing is is that we have to follow the, the, uh, the system that he has given us. And if we allow the enemy to talk us out of doing what God tells us to do, it affects our finances. And in this world, we have to have money. There's very few things that you're going to find that are free. So that's one of the biggest struggles for Christians is is in the financial area because it's a part of the world system and because satan gets involved if we let him and he causes our blessings to be withheld and then we don't we're not able to uh, make ends meet to pay rent uh to buy food uh to pay bills whatever it is so God has given us a financial plan. And you know, that's tithing. And he says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so that there is meat in my house. And I will open up the windows of heaven to you and pour you out a blessing that you won't have room enough to receive. Malachi 3, 9, and 10 is what you find that. And it is true. It is true. If you do what God asks you to do with your finances, Satan will still try to teach you, but he's not going to be able to do what he likes to do because he likes to strip you. He likes to steal your finances. In in the book of John, it says that uh, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And that's what he tries to do. But if you're a tither, God will prevent him from doing those things to you. And he will rebuke the devourer for your sake. That's what it says in Malachi. And he will, you know, keep him from destroying your stuff, your car breaking down, and and, and, unexpected things coming up to take the money that you plan to do something else with. You know, all of that has to do with the the, 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 the the things that Satan does to discourage you from serving God. You have to understand that, again, trials help us to comfort others because once we have had God's work in our lives, we will be a testimony for others. We're a walking testimony about what God will do, and so as God blesses us, we are to share that, because as we share that, others will understand that he is not a respecter of person, that what he'll do for one, he'll do for us, all of us, because he loves us, and he loves us individually, but he also loves us collectively. And so we can expect that he will bless, you. if he bless me like that, and you do what you're supposed to do, he's gonna bless you like that too. So we need to understand that. So the apostle Paul penned these words from personal experience. He had seen his share of suffering over the years, and particularly with the, the uh, for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He was thrown into prison, on more than one occasion but he continued to praise god and share his faith in christ he was shipwrecked demanded by former friends pelted by stones and left for dead his faith however remained uh remained firm and why his faith uh why because he learned to draw his comfort from the lord this then will enable him to be a greater source of comfort to those around him. You see, he learned to trust God. He learned to draw his comfort from the Lord. We have to learn to draw our comfort from the Lord because uh, human beings can't always help us. You see, we are used to depending on human beings. We, they're human and they they can't always understand where we're located. They can't understand what we're going through. Many times they try, I have friends, when my son Eric passed away, I had friends that surrounded me. And you know, they comforted me and tried to support me, but they didn't understand what it's like to lose the firstborn or to lose your child. Only others that have experienced that can understand. But you don't lean on other beings. You need to put your trust in Jesus Christ. You need to put your trust in God. And as you do that, God will strengthen you, and you will be able to uh, go ahead and function. Even though you're going through some things, you will be able to smile and say, you know, I trust God. I trust God. There was a preacher. He just died not too long ago. His name was Reinhard Bunke. He was a German man. He was from Germany, and he was an evangelist, and he was quite a preacher. He preached a sermon about the red horse and the white horse, and uh, you know from the book of Revelations, and he said, I put my money on the white horse. Well, he was talking about Jesus Christ. And so we are not betting people. We're not gambling people. God is not a gambler. God is a sure thing. But we can put our trust in him and know that he's going to keep his word. That's what's important. He's going to keep his word because that's one thing about humans. It may sound good to them at the time and they will say, I'll be there for you. But many times they are not going to be able to be there for you. But you need to trust God because He will He will always be there for you. And He will send somebody to be there with you. So we have to understand that. So uh we need to know that we uh we can trust Him. We can trust Him because He's always gonna be there for us. And so what else we need to know? I'm not gonna even be able to finish this today, but I wanna leave you with some. Some information is trials are survivable. Trials are survivable. And you can read 2 Corinthians 4 7 through 18. I'm not going to do it because we're almost out of time. But 2 Corinthians 4 7 through 18 trials are survivable. When we face trials in our lives, we can do one of two things. We can either become self-absorbed with our problems and say, look at how tough things are. Oh, poor me. Oh, the devil is just beating me up, y'all. Or we can keep our eyes on Jesus and say, this is only temporary. The Apostle Paul was able to focus on the temporary nature of his problem because he accepted five important facts. And I don't think I'm going to get through this five, but let me give you one and two, and then the next time I'll finish the rest. So, the first important fact, our bodies are weak and mortal. We're human beings, that's what we're saying. Paul wasn't the type to be caught up in his bodily aches and pains, and I agree with Paul. I know more about aches and pains than I've ever known I don't in think a you know. month or so, because uh, right now I'm going through this osteoarthritis in my knees. I've had two cortisone shots, uh, I love Tylenol, it's my best friend, but you know I can't afford to let that stop me from doing what God has wanted me to do so we have to continue with our uh, whatever God is using us for you know we need to keep our eyes on Jesus and know that these trials are temporary they're not permanent because uh, we, we know that our bodies are weak and so Paul wasn't the type to be caught up in his bodily aches or pains either. And he didn't strive for the perfect body or the perfect image because he knew his body was a fragile clay jar. If you look at your body and say that it is a fragile clay jar, that's what the Bible says about it. Uh, And you know with that jar, if you drop it or if, if you bump it you know, it causes it to, to have causes you to have problems, and so the Bible does not teach that we shouldn't have left our bodies, but it does say that spiritual exercise is more important and more beneficial. First Timothy four and eight. That's where you can find that about the body. Second God's power is displayed in our weakness. If we become overly obsessed with ourselves, we will never give God a chance to work through our life. Paul recognized God's glory, shines through our weakness. And we need that God's strength yeah, can be shown, can be uh, seen through our weakness. That's what that scripture says about that that God's strength is shown through our weakness. So we need to know that if we allow ourselves to get out of the way and let God do it, he will do it. We become overly obsessed with ourselves. You know, it's all about me, all about me. George Myers, truth to sermon, all about me, all about me. You know it's not all about us. It's really all about God and if we get out of the way, He will take care of us and get the glory for it. But you know many times we want to get the glory. We want everybody to feel sorry for us. I had a sister friend when I was at St. John and bless her heart, she was just so loving and kind. But when you get on the phone with her, all you can hear was about her diabetes, about her arthritis, about this, about her. and it was all about her. We never got a chance to talk about God because it was all about her. So we need to understand that. And then God's power is displayed in our weakness. He talked about that, and God does not abandon us, even though we may be crushed and perplexed. We have the hope that God will protect and strengthen us through these trials. God will protect you and he'll strengthen you. And you'll be able to get through that trial if you hang with him. Because he is the one that keeps us from falling. That's what the Bible tells us. He is the one that keeps us from falling. And he will protect us and get us through that trial. Because as we come through that trial, we, our faith is strengthened. That's how we get we build our faith. We have to go through something if you want to have faith. You have to go through something. So you need to remember that. And number four, the trials can be a witnessing can be witness uh, witnessing opportunity when people see the inner strength that you have in Christ, they will take notice. This is well illustrated in the story of Paul and Silas, who were put in prison for preaching the gospel. That's in Acts 16, 16 through 36. Uh, they uh, were put in prison for preaching the gospel. though so they had been whipped. they have been, skipped, uh, whipped. They've been whipped and had their legs uh, clamped in stocks in a damp dark dungeon they began to pray and worship and of course when they did that the lord they began to praise and worship the lord in song uh uh, then some things began to happen and the men who were able uh to uh the men that were in the, the the prison with them were able to leave the jailer as well, uh, they were able to leave the jailer and the man in prison with them
0: to the Lord that's what they were able to do the Lord really don't want me to preach this word and the devil, I'm sorry not the Lord the devil don't want to preach can I go to the back of the back the iPhone 2 go on mute I, uh, yeah there you go All right, pastor you put yourself on mute this time too There I do go.
2: not put myself on mute. I haven't touched anything.
0: Oh, okay.
2: <laughs> I don't know. The devil doesn't want me to finish this, but I'm going to finish it anyway. <laughs> so, anyway, with Paul and Silas, you know, they started praying in the jail, and then others began to pay attention, and then God opened up the doors in the jail. The jail doors flew open. And all of those folks just came, walked right on out of that jail because of the praise and worship that was going on with the uh, uh, Apostle Paul. So Acts 16, 16 through 36, that's what you want to look at for that. So uh, we have to know that Paul and Silas' godly attitude which enabled them to rejoice At such a time of trouble, prepared the soil of the man's heart, the the, uh, guard, the guard got saved, prepared uh, the man's heart, opening him up to the gospel, they preach. So because of their praising and worshiping the Lord and the doors flying open, he got saved. The guard got saved. So we have the hope of heaven. This is the last thing I'm going to give you today. We have the hope of heaven, and these trials are only a split second in time compared to the eternal joys and blessings of heaven. You know, people say, well, how long is eternity? Well, it's eternity. It's forever. And that's what eternity means for us. It means forever. So when we get to heaven, it's for eternity. So thank God, we can look forward to that. But we just need to know that trials are survivable. And so with that, I'm going to stop. Satan will be happy, but I have more for another time. So we're going to get ready to dismiss now. I'm going to turn the service over to uh, Reverend Robertson. Today is first Sunday. I did not remind you all yesterday about communion. So we will have communion next Sunday. Okay?
0: So with that said, Reverend, you can dismiss us. Amen. Amen. Trials may strengthen your faith. I certainly got a title for this message. And I'm going to tell you, uh, that is so true. Pastor mentioned uh, 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 how, how the enemy don't like us. And as I look at some of these names on here, the enemy don't like us because we are not serving him anymore. So he's doing these little trials. He's doing these trials on us just to to get us to turn, to get us to do bad things. You know, at the beginning, uh, before some of y'all was here, I was talking to the pastor about that little trial that I went through yesterday. That as I listened to her, I felt that trial. Poor me. <laughs> poor me. The guy made my stomach hurt. Yeah, poor Richard. But how big is the enemy's little trial that he's trying to throw on us? Because when I look at my sister Rose picture right now, if y'all haven't noticed, she's in a hospital bed.
2: Yes. I'm
0: she's in a hospital bed. So poor me. But it's some people out there that's really the enemy is throwing that on. Like my sister Rose. The enemy is really trying to to get into us and trying to to put us through these trials and these tribulations because we don't serve him no more. It's time for us to wake up. I call that a a, a wake up teaching right there, Pastor. Because it's time for us to wake up and recognize these trials. It's time for us to recognize these trials that the enemy is trying to put on us. Like I should have yesterday. Pull me. Po me, but I, I look at my sister and she's laying in high. Ain't no Poe me. And, 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 and that's just I'm I'm gonna leave that alone because I feel like the enemy got me yesterday. Yeah. Well,
2: today is a new day. And
0: today is a new day. I woke up, I ain't even get dressed, I felt so miserable. I ain't even get dressed. I ain't put on nothing, my earrings and all of that fancy stuff. I like I didn't even do it enemy, you will not get me like that again because that trial you put me through yesterday has strengthened my faith. Amen. So, this morning, Father God, I want to pray for my sister Rose. I don't know the situation. I don't need to know the situation, Father God, because you know the situation. Father God, whatever she needs healing in her mind, body, or soul, Father God, I lift that up to you, Father God. I lift that up to you, Father God. As she tries to turn more and more of her will and her life over to you, Father God, we know that's the enemy that's attacking her, Lord. We know that's only the enemy that's attacking my sister, Father God. So we we ask, Father God, that you put your healing hands on her, Father God, and whatever she needs, Father God, that you provide, Father God. And we just thank you in advance for it. We thank you in advance, Father God. We pray for each and every one here, Father God, that's suffering, whether it's big, small, Father God. Suffering from the enemy's wilds, Father God. Suffering because the enemy is upset that we are here this morning, Father God. Suffering because of the enemy, Father God. We will suffer no more, Father God, because of the enemy, because we're going to be looking for him. We're going to be looking for those trials that he tries to put us through, Father God. So we thank you for the message. We thank you for the messenger, Father God. And as we carry on our week, Father God, as we carry on, period, Father God, we pray to remember. We pray to remember that those things that happen is not of you. Do you want yes. bring good things, Lord? We know, Father God, that the enemy is trying to attack us left, right, back in front, Father God. He's yes. trying to attack us on all sides, Father God, because we worship you and we're going to continue to worship you, Father God. So as they say, enemy, bring it because we're going to be ready for you, Father Father God, we're going to be ready for the enemy, Father God. So we just thank you, Father God. We thank you for each and everyone here today. We thank you for the families that's represented, Father God, here today. Father God, we ask the hedge of protection of each and every one of us and each and every one of them. This morning, we give you praise. We give you honor. And we give you glory, Lord. And we're going to always give you praise, honor, and glory because it belongs to you, Father God. So we just thank you. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. And everyone say amen.
2: Amen. Amen. Amen,
0: amen y'all. All
2: right. Well, y'all have a blessed day. And next Sunday we'll have communion. And we're going to continue to pray for Sister Rose. We want to remember her in our prayers. Amen. Because she is uh, having a attack on her body. So we're going to stand before the Lord for her. Amen. And, uh, to say happy birthday to my granddaughter, Erica Carson, who is a year older. Yeah, uh, what's up, <laughs> what's up, Erica? Hey. Some of y'all were with me when Erica was a little girl. She was a quite interesting little girl. Oh, yeah, I remember. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> well, I
0: am so glad.
2: Yeah, everybody and, all right? Quite an interesting woman, and she has four children, and uh, uh, so we're grateful
0: to have her online.
2: We Amen. Just want to say happy birthday to her and many more, and Jesus carries. Amen. Good to see you, Sister okay. Erica. Because it was the day I was born. I was born on a Sunday, so I'm be in church today. All right. All so try to try to continue that through the year. <laughs>
0: Amen. So we see you, we'll see we see you next Sunday, Erica. We'll see, see you, you next later. Sunday.
1: You guys have a good week.
0: All right, All y'all right. too. All right, All Sister right. Rose. Love you, my Sister Rose. All, All right.
2: right. All right. Have a good day,
0: everybody.
2: All righty. Stay dry here in California because we got a Lots of it. I'm good. They just, they try to set
0: me back there. I've been uh, All right, my, oh, my sister.
2: God. we
0: praying for you. They know, tried to put me in that care.
2: And I said, no, nah, I'm not that shit." I got God. That You know what? Said, well, the Lord. Now, that was really a
0: bold
2: step. <laughs> <laughs> didn't want to go to that place.